Warning. The following episode contains suicidal ideations. This may be triggering for certain individuals. May not be appropriate for those under 18. Two thousand twenty-one. I thought that maybe all the craziness would stop now. He had our oldest in his full custody. He had 50-50 custody of our younger two. He had achieved what he had been saying he would for years. So I thought that life was going to continue with how it was now. No relationship with my oldest and only having my younger two every other week. I had decided to make the best of the situation, but I think deep down I knew better. I had seen some signs. He started claiming abuse in my house. He claimed that my kids were telling him that me and my boyfriend fought all the time. He was using our oldest to gather information from his siblings and relay it back to him. He told my youngest that I couldn't take his phone away since he bought it. The same problem I had with my oldest. So I had to explain to a nine-year-old about phones and privileges in my house my rules, but even more than that, I had to be more open about stuff going on with two young children. I had to explain situations and manipulation and things that no children should have to worry about, but I still didn't talk bad about their dad. I I still didn't talk about the abuse. I just tried to help them understand the difference in someone gathering information to cause harm to another and someone genuinely caring about life events. When I would try to converse with him about his concerns, he would tell me that I was harassing him and being verbally aggressive and he would no longer communicate with me. He would tell me how bad of a mom I was for not being able to reconcile with my oldest and that he continuously told him that he needed to have a relationship with me even though my oldest didn't want to. He constantly told me that I was playing victim and that the court saw me as an unfit parent, so that's why I lost custody of my oldest. You know, he had registered our youngest for football, and on one of my weeks, he missed a practice because he had gotten a fight at school that day, so I talked to the coach and let him know he wouldn't be attending one day. Practice was canceled another day due to weather, but he pulled him out of football and said it was because I failed to take him to practice during my time. So he blamed it all on me. And this was all in the first few months of 2021. But I was trekking on. We had traveled out of town twice for my daughter's cheer events and had little vacations. Made some good memories. And then on June 28th, I received an email from his lawyer with a motion attached. 
They composed a seven-page document with 47 bullet points claiming that I was in a nonstop power struggle with him and that it was extremely detrimental to the two younger children and that I regularly failed to follow the court order with regard to custody with a detriment to him and the children. They cited instances where I didn't return them at the right time because we were out of town even though I did inform him. I didn't ask permission because he cared more about a court order than the happiness of the kids. So I figured I'd let them have fun and I'd deal with the consequences after. They claimed I wouldn't let our daughter wear shoes that her dad bought at my house because I said they were ugly. I learned from my daughter that she had told her older brother she thought I didn't like them because I made a face when she showed them to me. I did, but more out of concern that she didn't choose the shoes because they didn't match what she regularly got. So I thought they were just purchased and given to her. But I do regret making the face. It was concern, not anything else. He lied and said that our youngest was instructed to take clothes from his house and leave them at my house when I was doing the exact opposite. My youngest was always packing his outfits when he returned to me from his dad, so I would make sure to send everything back and also informed both of them to not be concerned about what clothes came back to me because they were material things and could be replaced. I was trying to ease some of the anxiety off of him, off of my little guy, because he just always seemed so worried about not taking back everything he was supposed to. They tried to make me responsible for a bill that could no longer be covered by my insurance since my oldest no longer lived with me and I no longer had any custody of him. They claimed consistent fighting in my home, that the kids said that they were scared in my house, that I was telling the kids to lie to their counselor about what was happening in my house, and that the children were reluctant to tell the truth because they were afraid of being taken away from me. They claimed that every email I sent was demeaning or included a put down. They also asked for me to pay the fees for his attorney since I was the one causing the problems. He asked to be primary caretaker of all the children. Everything broke within me when I read that. This was just another thing he was doing, showing I wasn't going to get away and he was going to take my kids. I faded even more as a person. I don't even know how I made it through the next few months. An autopilot, for sure. I did reach out to a couple lawyers for assistance, but I was told there really wasn't anything I could do but to respond and to save my money for a court-appointed guardian instead of paying for an attorney. Most of them said how awful the judge over my case was too, but that nothing could be done to get a new judge. I also at this time learned that I had limited access to attorneys because 
I found out that he had reached out to a bunch of attorneys and since they met with him, even though they didn't work together, they couldn't represent me because it would be a conflict of interest. I only had 14 days to respond after getting that motion. So I sat down and wrote a response to 47 items. In my reply, I once again addressed the domestic violence and continued abuse and the effects it was having and would continue to have on the three innocent children. I even asked for an 11706 custody evaluation, which would require psychological evaluations in all parties, including the children. And the madness continued. Towards the end of 2021, he told me that on his Sunday nights, the kids would cry asking if they had to come back to me. He used to say the same thing to me about our oldest, that he'd cry not wanting to come to me. My mental health completely deteriorated. I was already in a bad state and now it was worse. I had extreme anxiety on the Sundays I had to send the kids back because I was so afraid of what was to come. I had extreme anxiety when they would return because I didn't know what would happen. I was constantly afraid to parent in my own house for fear of what would happen if I did anything wrong. I was afraid he would just keep the kids and not return them to me and there was nothing I could do about it. I was constantly on edge and I didn't want to exist in my life anymore. I started drinking more than normal, even hid it from my guy. I told myself that maybe I could drink myself out of life. Then it really wouldn't be suicide. I at times hoped for a disease that was fatal, so I didn't have to live this life anymore, but at least I didn't take myself out. But I kept up with my responsibilities. I worked and made dinner and took care of my kids. I made sure to be there to greet them when they'd get home and tried hard to make sure they knew they were loved and cared for. I tried to hide that I was falling apart and wasn't sure if I'd survive. I had stopped counseling in 2020 because I was trying something different and I felt talking about what happened to me or worrying about what he might continue to do wasn't helpful. So I stopped. And that's when I had decided to focus on the now. It had worked until the craziness got to this extreme and I tried to find help, but after COVID, therapists were backed up with long wait lists, so I couldn't get in anywhere. Even trying to get in to see my primary doctor for medicine had a six-month wait. So I battled it on my own. I had my guy and a couple friends. Without one friend in particular, I am not sure I would have made it to the end of 2021. I had even planned in my head that if things didn't improve by a certain date, then I'd leave. Leave the world. Because I couldn't do it anymore. By the end of 2021, we finally 
received a court date. The motion was filed in June 2021, and we were set to go to court in March 2022. Court was yet again awful. I went alone. I tried my best to fight my case. I had become stronger in speaking up at court hearings, but I still had anxiety, PTSD, and triggers while around him, especially in court. The judge attacked my character because of the instances I didn't return the kids right at noon, told me that if I handled business that way, then nobody would do business with me. I tried to explain my side and the problems being faced by co-parenting with my abuser, and I was crying because at the start of court, they asked for my youngest to be switched to only every other weekend with me. And I was so worried about what would happen since this judge had already shown she believed his lies without merit. As I was crying, she had asked me if I was in therapy and then commented like I should be. She said it was an issue of communication and ordered another advisory consultant. I had zero faith in that and told her we already had two done before and she joked, oh well, maybe you'll get to all of them then. In March 2022, the advisory consultant came in and interviewed us all. I didn't even spell everything out because I felt there was no point, but I tried to get her to understand. When she left our meeting, it seemed as though she got it but she met with him afterwards. And then she came back to my house a second time, saying my kids were being abused, saying I was being abused, asked if I was being gaslit, said the kids opened up to their dads, like they had something to hide at my house, not even considering that they could be being coached. We got the report back at the end of April. She said our main issue was communication, that our communication needs to be respectful and compassionate. She also said, it is time to let the past be in the past and to move into a new way of relating to each other. That the children need to know that the parents are communicating in such a way that the parents respect each other. She then recommended he have sole legal custody of our two youngest in addition to our oldest. She advised exchanges at each other's houses, even though I did tell her about the history of domestic violence, that he had held a gun to my head on more than one occasion and continued to harass me. She made sure to state that I had to adhere to the drop-off and pick-up times, like I had done something bad by giving my kids a life. She said I could not contact our oldest because he did not want me to. She advised that... I needed to hire a psychiatrist and have a complete psychiatric evaluation done and then to follow the recommendations of the psychiatrist. Only advised that he needed to see a therapist and advised us us to take another co-parenting class. I was shocked, but not completely. At our last conversation, I could tell she had given into his lies as well. 
so I had already been considering what to do. I had contemplated writing letters to everyone I loved, telling them sorry and explaining why I couldn't be here anymore, and then leaving this life. But I actually wanted to live. So I decided to remove myself from the situation. I decided to move away from the state. I would change to being the non-primary parent and get out and survive. The lady sent to help thought I was crazy and believed the abuser, even wanted me to be closer to him. So I made the hardest choice I've ever had to in my life. I moved to another state and only see my kids on summer vacations, fall, winter, and spring breaks. But that wasn't easy to do either. He fought me on a lot of stuff when I made the proposal to him, even though I was giving him what he wanted and had been fighting for. So I had to kind of sign documents and agree to things that I didn't fully agree with just so I could get away. And I am now forever a broken person. I had to leave so that way I ensured I stayed alive and present But it came with being away from the people that I lived for. So that is where I am now. Over 500 miles away from the ones closest to my heart. The system is broken. It shouldn't have had to come to this. When does it end?